Well, welcome everybody. We are back. It is afternoon tea time and I have a returning guest from season three back in the studio. We're going to do some updates and we're going to talk about pickleball and books and all of that good stuff because we had a good time the last time we talked about pickleball. So we got Jeff Brasley back from season three. He's a philanthropist, author, founder, director of nonprofits. And I was able to say the word this morning. I couldn't say it with, <laughs> with Michael. I was just like, Okay, he's a humanitarian aid. I could not get the word philanthropist out of my mouth this morning for the life of me, but I can this afternoon, so that's a good start. So let's get started with the disclaimer and a little bit of bio of Jeff, and then we're going to get Jeff in here, and he's going to spill another TEA with us and the why, because we had we got into the how and what, but we didn't get into the why, so we'll get into that this afternoon. So the disclaimer for Miss Liz's Tea Time Live show. Miss Liz, myself, is going live using StreamYard. Before leaving a comment, please grant StreamYard permission to see your name at StreamYard.com. Please be advised that the content brought forward for any Tea Time show hosted by myself, Miss Liz, is always brought forward in good faith. However, may bring forth dialogues and opinions that are not representative of my platform. The facts and information are, per are perceived to be accurate at the giving time of airing. All Tea Time guests and audience participants are responsible for using their good judgment in taking any action that may relate to the discussion. The content brought forward may include discussions. For some where they may be emotionally at risk. It is significant to know that this show is engaging in discussion forms only to offer inspire awareness and connection and is not providing therapeutical advice. If you have any questions about the disclaimer or the panelist discussion, you may freely contact me, Miss Liz, through my email at bookingmissliz at gmail.com. Moving forward, should you choose to voluntarily participate in today's show in any aspect, I myself, Miss Liz, welcomes you. And should you decide that the show is not made for you at this time, I respect your wishes and we'll see you at a later show at a later date and time. And again, all tea times this year in 2023 are on Thursday, 10 a.m., 3 p.m., and 7 p.m. If they are not on a Thursday, it's a rescheduled show, which is a Monday or a Tuesday. So now a little bit about Jeff. And then I'm going to sip back on my green masha tea here and I'm going to enjoy some pickleball and some books. So Jeff Frasley lives on the White River in, in 
in in the I can't say it in my tongue in in Indianapolis. I hope I said it right. With Alyssa and Poppy, his first published writing was poetry in the Handover College Fine Art Journal. Over 80 feature articles on low travel, spirituality, politics, and human interest followed in Newsweek, Chicago's magazine, ABA Journal, and other predicals. I'm not even sure how to say that word. I'll get Jeff to tell me. And Jeff is the author of 14 books. So we're going to get Jeff in here. And if you'd like to see Jeff's full bio, please check out Mrs. Facebook page. And I'm going to take a sip of tea because my tongue is doing that thing again. So let me get Jeff in here. Welcome, Jeff. <laughs> uh, good afternoon, Liz. And I've got my teacup. I'm telling you, today I am struggling with my tongue. My tongue is just not working well with me at all. Well, your your tongue and our computers, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like I I can't win today. Today is just one of those days where Miss Liz is just like all over. I told I told everybody it's a wacky day today, and it is. So Jeff, let's get into you've been here on season three, and we talked about pickleball. So let's get back into the pickleball. So have you have you played any pickleball since we talked? I played this morning. So for anybody out there who doesn't know what pickleball is, could you share a little bit on that? Yeah, it's uh, sort of a game that combines tennis and ping pong. So it's uh, it's on a, a shrunken tennis court, um, and it has, uses paddles, which are a little bigger, bigger than ping pong paddles, um, but much smaller than tennis rackets. And it uses a ball, which is kind of like a whiffle ball. Uh, the net's a little bit lower than a tennis net. And so it's because the court's smaller, um, it makes it easier for older people <laughs> to play. And uh, it's very popular with older people, you know, uh, us athletes who are over the hill but refuse to uh, quit trying. Um, yeah, and it's got it's got some unique rules, but it's the the rules are sort of uh, again a combination of tennis and uh, ping pong rules. I remember the first time I talked about pickleball, I was like, "What is that?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> I honestly thought there was a, a ball that looked like a pickle. Remember when we first talked about this? I was just like, "I do look like." Yeah. Well, in a, the first time I ever saw pickleball played was actually in Stratford, Canada. Oh. Uh, we were up, Alicia and I were up, uh, we used to go up for the Shakespeare Festival every year. And this was probably um, seven, eight or so years ago. And I, I heard this thwack, thwack, thwack. Uh, by, as we were walking by these courts coming out of uh, the theater and saw this ridiculous looking game and i thought you know i was a longtime tennis player and thought oh man what a silly game i would never play that and then a few years later i'm or the organizer of two different <laughs> pickleball groups and <laughs> and it has become my sport well i guess those whack whack whacks woke you up to go and play the pickle right Yes, yes. I'm, I'm playing with a pickle in public. You just never know what comes out of Miss Liz's mouth on the. On, 
But when I first looked up pickleball, I was like, what is this? Like, I was amused by the pickleball. But we talked about your book back then. And uh, we had talked about a few books because you had a few books come out when you were on season three. And you have another couple books that just came out this year. So right. do you want to share a little bit about those ones that just came out? And then we'll get back into the ones that we talked about last year. Yeah, well... Um the last one that came out is actually the very first book I wrote. And what happened is uh, bringing progress to paradise. Um, what I got from give, giving to a mountain village in Nepal was um, published uh, by uh, a publisher that and it went out of print um, last year. And so the rights, if a book goes out of print with a publisher, the rights are returned to an author, the author. So um, eventually I got around to republishing it, but it's the, it's the same book that came out in 2010. Um, it's just now published by Midsummer Books, our family publishing company, instead of um, Canary Press. And, um, but the other book, which, um, I was really much more excited about because it, it was sort of a unique uh, effort. It was called 72 Wisdoms. Um, and it's uh, uh, set, it has 72 chapters, which start with a quote. Um, and the quotes are from all sorts of different people, people ranging from Muhammad Ali and Dolly Parton, uh, to um, ancient Greek philosophers, um, the Dalai Lama. So it covers a wide range of uh, wisdom quotes. And then I look deeply into each quote, like, you know, who said it, when was it said or written, and to try to really elucidate uh, the deepest meaning uh, offered and then other uh, related bits of wisdom and it's kind of kind of organized um, to take you through uh, a series of what I hope are greater understandings of sort of the great questions of life and so uh, when you come to the end of it my my goal was that you will feel wiser and um, have a deeper sense of how to live a rich and meaningful life so the book of 72 wisdoms who did the cover on that one again uh my son james okay. and and this this is if you look at it it's hard to believe how he came up with this he actually started with a photograph that i took in nepal the very first time i went there way back in 1995 and the photograph is of a uh a nepali porter gazing uh with uh, gazing at a mountain called Amida Blam, which is one of the most beautiful mountains in the world. It's on the Everest base camp truck, and he's resting with his doko basket on his tokma, the stick that he uses as like a, a crotch or walking stick. And he's just gazing off in the distance at this beautiful mountain. And my son took that and created this sort of abstract Rorschach-looking <laughs> uh, thing which uh, wasn't what I expected, but I decided, yeah, that looks pretty cool. It was really different. Like when I seen the cover, I was like, oh, that is different. Yeah, well, J uh, I call James JJ. He's a, he's a creative guy. So, 
yeah, I was pleased with it. I think I got a frog in the throat. I'm not sure what's going on. I keep choking. Uh-oh. Uh Maybe you need another <laughs> sip of that Miss Liz special tea. Yeah, I, I think I need a hot tolly today. <laughs> I'm actually greeny, I'm drinking a green lemonade, green masha today. So, hmm. so it's, it's different. Maybe it's just the lemonade that's getting me. The little lemon is just powing me out. Wow, well, that that's just really coincidental because I'm drinking green tea with uh, a bit of lemon juice in it. Well, look at that. We're drinking almost the same kind of tea yeah. here. <laughs> Despite the computer problems we had hooking up today, at least we should be synced. Right? Oh, it's, it's just one of those days, Jeff. I think it's just, you know. When we have reunion shows and we have these uh, returning re returning uh, episodes and tea times, it just seems like everything flows in a different way, right, from the first time. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, better that we have these little missteps when we're old veterans than, you know, you get a newbie on and that your guest is going to be a little bit nervous. And so, yeah, you know, yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll, just, we'll just flow with it. Yeah. Well, that's what happens, right? When you return, the ice is already broken with Miss Liz. So I've already know a little bit where I can go and where I can't go, you know? So, yeah. So I want to talk to you, Jeff, you gave me a tea last time, but I want a different tea from you this time. So if I give you the TEA, what three words are you going to give me this time? Wow. And I, I really hadn't uh, thought about I, it. I knew you didn't because the last time too I got you on this one. Yeah, you do. Okay, so 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 I have to come up with a T first. Yeah, uh, a T, an E, and an A. You got it. Okay, I'm gonna come up. Uh, my T is teaching, education, uh, and the A is arts, but in a very broad sense of arts. Um, and the reason I, I came up with that instantaneously, <laughs> um, is I'm, in addition to the uh, BASA Foundation, which you and I have talked about before, yeah. I'm the president of another foundation called uh, Scientech Foundation of Indiana, and it focuses um, not on arts education, but on uh, STEM, science, technology, um, and uh, engineering and, and medicine, but because, and I actually, you know, I shared a, a quote with you a couple days ago about how um, science can sort of tell us uh, the how, but we need the liberal arts humanities to tell us the why. And um, as I've become the president, I am trying to help evolve this very sort of narrow scientific STEM oriented uh, foundation uh, to having a broader uh, mission, which is we call STEAM. Um, so, so that we've got, you know, the STEM with the addition of arts and which I really mean humanities by that, because in reality, uh, STEM education is doing very well because, you know, young people all want to go into fields that they're going to make money at. And we've, you know, sort of society has come to the conclusion that if you major in humanities or you graduate, you know, with a degree in humanities, you're not going to make any money. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, I have a real different take on that because I majored in humanities and I was a millionaire by the time I was 40. So <laughs> there you go, proof to the contrary. But it's also important for people who are in the sciences and medicine and engineering to have a humanistic understanding of life. Otherwise, the work they do is just becomes, you know, kind of abstract, impersonal, and that's dangerous in my view, because we always, whatever we're doing, we, it, it's for other, for and with other human beings. And so that's what I'm, you know, trying to sort of emphasize uh, with this other foundation, which has done really wonderful work uh, in the STEM field. And I think we talked a little bit about this when you were on the last last show about the STEM and how education and, and how we need to direct it in a different way, right? As humanitarians, we have to start guiding from our hearts, you know, have that empathy. Uh, I, like a lot of people, I'm a, and a lot of people will say I'm a humanitarian, but when you ask them where their heart is, they're like, oh, well, just the money. Give me the donations. Okay, but there's more than just donations, with, with these foundations, you know, there's meeting the people, understanding the people, understanding their traditions. And you, you understood, you found for yourself when you went for a hike, like when your wife told you to take a hike, you literally took a hike, like, you know, and you made a difference with that hike and you do a lot of work with Nepal. Uh, so do you want to share a little bit about that, Jeff? Sure. And, but um, just before I transition to Nepal, I want to share an example of re really to illustrate exactly what you were saying about, you know, doing um, work with uh, the sense of humanity. Um, the vice president of the Scientech Foundation is a guy named Dr. Benny Coe. Benny's a retired radiologist. So when the war in Ukraine uh, broke out, Russian invasion. Um, Benny had some connections with Ukraine from years back. And so he's a retired doctor. Benny raised uh, some money uh, through some friends, me included. And he went over and he opened a clinic uh, on the border of Hungary and Ukraine to treat um, mostly civilians, but you know he would have treated soldiers too, uh, but civilians fleeing the fighting. And so you know, here's a guy who's a, a scientist, uh, a, a doctor. Uh, he had been also a professor, and um, but his heart was so big that he used these skills, his medical skills to go and to engage in this just, you know, I think incredibly admirable humanistic enterprise. And so, you know, what a, I'm so proud to have him as my vice president, but, you know, what a wonderful example of combining humanism with science. Right. Ready. We need, we need more people like him. We really do. Yeah, yes, we do. So are you are you helping uh, Ukraine at all, Jeff? Um, I have given some money to some organizations, but I, I'm not doing anything direct. Um, and I have a Ukrainian uh, and 
an American U.S. flag <laughs> flying on my mailbox, which went up uh, shortly after the invasion. Actually, the, the Ukraine flag was given to me by Benny. Um, so I have tweeted quite a bit, um, sort of anti-Putin, uh, anti-invasion tweets, and uh, but, you know, uh, when uh, Benny was going over, he actually asked if I wanted to go with him. And unfortunately, I had just suffered a sports injury right before that. And just, I, you know, I would have been a liability instead of an asset. So uh, I didn't go. Plus, I wasn't really sure what a, a law degree um, was going to do <laughs> to um, help refugees fleeing war. But uh, yeah, I, I'd like to do more. Um, and I definitely want to support uh, the people that are helping. And I, you know, pray uh, that this war comes to an end and Ukraine is able to, you know, establish its full nationhood with its its actual boundaries once again. Yeah. And I think what we need to do is keep it in, in, in the eyes of the people, right? Because it's not in the news anymore, but it's still happening over there. Uh, this is how we started uh, season four with Miss Liz was uh, I had a couple people that are in Ukraine who actually did a little uh, an animation opening for the stories of Ukrainians that are going through it. So that, mm -hmm. we just need to keep that uh, story going, you know, and keep the voices going and hope, like you said, hope it ends soon. You know, it's it's really sad that we have to have wars in this day and age, right? Yeah, the uh, adage of beating swords into plowshares, um, it's just, we, we just don't seem to learn. Um, that says several of the chapters in uh, 72 Wisdom deal with, you know, why do people fight? Why, why, what is this urge to violence, to conquer, you know, to subjugate? And um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a struggle that uh, I have felt and thought deeply about uh, ever since I was a teenager and started thinking about the Vietnam War, because uh, I, I grew up in a very patriotic family. My dad uh, served in both World War II and Korea. And as a kid, I just assumed I'd go into the military. Um, and then, you know, as I studied uh, the, the war in Vietnam, and I concluded, this is wrong. The United States had no business invading that country, and I could not support it. So, yeah, yeah. so that was really sort of the start of my um, anti-war uh, attitude and activism. And the, the third um, organization that I'm on the board is called the Indianapolis Peace and Justice Center. And that organization is dev is devoted entirely to the issues of peace and justice. And so I'm, you know, pride, proud to uh, to work through that organization um, towards did, peace and justice. Did you just join that one, Jeff? No, I, I've been on the, the Peace and Justice Board for probably four years now. So does that help like with uh, bringing peace? Like does it do events or host events or does it go on missions? Like, how, yeah, how do you bring the awareness through that uh, organization? 
it's totally an educational and uh, consciousness lifting awareness making organization. So we have a program every other month um, where we highlight a particular issue about peace and justice. And we have a newsletter that we put out with articles um, on peace and justice issues. So, and it's, it's one of those things where at every board meeting, we sort of look at each other and we say, well, you know, shouldn't we be doing something more? We're, we're trying to educate and, and raise awareness, but shouldn't we do? And then we sort of conclude, well, okay, other than going out to vote, uh, you know, we can go to demonstrations and carry signs and that kind of thing. But uh, since all of us on the board are over 60, uh, it's like, come on, younger generation, that's your role. Uh, we're, we're, the, we're the mentors, um, but uh, you guys, you young people, get out there, get out on the street, demonstrate, um, make your voices heard, and of course, vote. I, I'm really glad that you brought that up, Jeff, because we need to encourage the new generation to stand up and start taking roles because we're not going to be around forever. Somebody's got to take it over, you know? So how can we get the, the youths involved in projects like this? Well, uh, it's a struggle. And I think COVID really set the younger generation back. Um, I was teaching a course on philanthropy at Butler University as COVID wound down. Um, and this was uh, last year, winter semester. So um, we, we start out the semester, every, masks are mandatory. Halfway through the semester, masks become optional. So, you know, that was the climate at the time. And the students in that class of mine were, in a sense, the worst students I ever had. And by that, I hate using that term, but in terms of just being engaged and showing enthusiasm, um, it was a struggle. And this was an, you know, an elective course. All 15 of those students were there because they chose to be. It was an honors course. So these should be the best and the brightest students. And it was just like they were, you know, kind of depressed and it was, you know, just, I just didn't see the enthusiasm, the passion that I had seen in the previous uh, classes that I'd taught on philanthropy. So, um, I don't know, um, you know, our, uh, our Scientech Foundation, mm -hmm. the, the, its total focus is on the education of young. And we've, we do preschool programs up through uh, college. And our, you know, that's our focus is to get young people engaged in the study of STEAM and uh, help them through their uh, careers. And we give away about a quarter of a million dollars uh, every year to support programs that do that. Um, and then the Peace and Justice Center, one of our challenges is we've been trying to get young people involved. And so we've had a, a young person, either um, a senior level college student or somebody right out of college on the board. Um, but each of those young persons have left after a year or two. 
and have just, you know, the sort of the long-term engagement we hope they would offer and then bring in more younger people. It, it just hasn't happened. Yeah. I've seen a switch, right? Like, it's like you said, like mid COVID, everyone had the mask and then it was take the mask off. It was optional. And I seen the change in people. When COVID came, there was a lot of closeness, a lot of missing families. You know, there was a lot of empathy. But midway, it was almost like the world just went dark. It went heavy. And there, the empathy was like, I don't care. I don't care. Like, I'm getting a lot of that. I don't care. Instead of how can I help? How can I make a change? And that's what I want to do is encourage people to just keep trying, you know. It's going to be harder now because of COVID and because of different restrictions and guidelines and rules, but you can still do it. It's just going to take more work. And I think they don't want to do the work. Well, um, I think humanity is on this sort of uh, long trajectory of trying to make life more and more comfortable while at the same time more stimulating and entertaining. Yeah. So we have this, uh, you know, sort of focus of I want to be comfortable and I want to be entertained. And that cuts directly against I want to be an activist and engaged in humanitarian, humanistic enterprise uh, because that takes work. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a challenge. Yeah, it's like you said, you know, it takes work. Nobody wants to work anymore. Everybody wants everything given to them. The entitlement is ridiculous. Like work for it, you know, stay up that extra hour. And, but I find that we're overloaded as well, right? We're getting so much information given to us all at once. Technology, like we struggled with it just before we went live, you know? <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> you know, it's up, it's down, it's, but you got to stay consistent and you got to just push through it, right? You just got to do it. Whether there's some little loopholes or some little spills or messes, you just got to keep pushing through it. And I think that's where we don't have that anymore in, right now in today's society is everyone just wants everything. They just want entertainment. Just entertain me, entertain me. But they're forgetting about the little guy back there that needs a sandwich or needs a home or, you know, they, they're, they're more focused on the entertainment than they are about human human race. Well, and I think what's unfortunate is there's a lot of research and data that shows people feel better about themselves when they give. Yeah. That, yeah, it's great to be entertained. Uh, sure. Who? I mean, we all want to be entertained, but life feels more meaningful and you feel better about yourself when at least to some extent you're giving to others uh and there's you know been a lot of experiments done that, that show that you actually get that um little alpha beta theta high in your in your brain in your chemistry when you do, do something that's completely self-sacrificing um and so I think if if people can be introduced and get involved in uh, philanthropic enterprises and they experience that, you know, it, it'll continue. And that's why I taught this course at, here in Indianapolis, Marion University and Butler University on philanthropy, uh, hoping that 
it would engage college students and get them on a path that would be lifelong. And I know that it was working. Uh, I mean, I'm still in touch with uh, people from the very first class I taught. In fact, I got an email just yesterday from my one of my very first students um, who's going over. He married uh, a Ukrainian woman and he and his wife are going over to meet with her family who's managed to get out of Ukraine for the first time. And uh, Josh is my former student's name and he's done all sorts of uh, philanthropic work um, you know, worked in one of Mother Teresa's uh, centers over in India, uh, taught school in Vietnam. And so, and I, you know, I could give other examples. So I just, I hope that uh, this last class I taught, uh, because it's going to be my last one, I'm, I'm done being a professor. Um, oh, are you retiring? <laughs> Well, I retired from law <laughs> a long time ago after 30 years at that. And so I, I did, you know, teaching at the college level for a few years now. And um, so I'm just going to devote myself to the being running these foundations, um, writing and playing pickleball. There you go. That good old pickle, right? Yes, my, my stimulating <laughs> entertainment. Yeah, because I'm still too young to play pickleball. I have to be 54 <laughs> before I could join the team here. So I'm only five years away. So in another five years, then I'll get to the pickle. Yeah, oh, you youngsters. <laughs> I'm one year away from the big five. -0, so, you know, uh, I'm getting there. I, I tried. I went and I asked, and they're like, no, you got to be at least 54. And I was like, oh, okay. I'll be back in five years. <laughs> well, it, it come down to Indianapolis. We don't have an age limit on our groups. Yeah, here it's fifty-four and up. So I'm not sure what the fifty-four stands for, but I I don't know. So Jeff, you're a part of a lot of different organizations and nonprofits. How old were you when you started your first one? Um, well, actually, I was a senior in high school when uh, my girlfriend and I uh, organized the first Walk for Hunger in Goshen, Indiana. Uh, we were in Goshen High School, and um, we came up with this idea. We'd seen uh, other schools do this, and uh, Susan was her name. Uh, she really is kind of the driving force to get it going. And I assisted her and we put together this uh, uh, sort of community-wide celebration to kick it off. And it uh, turned into a fundraiser um, for uh, a uh, medical mission um, for uh, uh, Native Americans and, um, and also some local charities. So at the age of 17, that was my first one. Wow. I, I, I wanted to ask you that question because I want the, the youths out there that are listening to the Tea Time and that will watch the replay later. You know, there's no age limit to start this, uh, you know, and the younger the better because then you have more years to give, right? And the more you give, the more you get. You know, when you're really working from the heart, you really make a difference. So we were talking a few minutes ago about Nepal, and then we kind of went off track and we kind of went the other way. So 
when we when I had you on the last on last season, we talked about your wife telling you to take a hike, and then that hike turned into a lot of different things for you. So, if you'd like to share a little bit about that, yeah. Well, um, I was uh, suffering from a midlife crisis. At least I was manifesting those symptoms, and I already had a convertible sports car and a Harley motorcycle, uh, and so. Uh, Alicia decided that those were not resolving the, the symptoms. So came home from the office one day and she slapped this brochure down on the table in front of me and said, why don't you go do this? And it was uh, to join a, a trek on the Mount Everest base camp trail. So as my, you know, or the joke is my wife told me to go take a hike and to do it on the other side of the world. So, so I did. Uh, and I went with a, a friend uh, who was uh, actually on the board of the BASA Foundation all these many years later, because this was back in 1995. Um, but I, I fell in love with Nepal, the mountains, the, the people, the culture. And so I just I kept going back. I learned how to become a mountain climber uh, and was eventually organizing treks and climbs and i tried to combine uh some charitable work so i started calling it philanthro tracking and that's what the the first book um about that effort um the uh bringing progress to paradise book is how i sort of transitioned from being a trekker climber uh into the focus being more on the philanthropic side of what I was doing in Nepal. Uh, and so the, the subtitle of that book is what I got from giving to a mountain, uh, to a Himalayan village uh, in Nepal. Uh, and that's because I felt like I was given back um, just a, a lot of wonderful things um, through my connection with Basa. So it was definitely not a one way, you know, I'm just giving you, uh, it was very much a sense of mutuality. And how many times have you done that hike? Uh, I've been over to Nepal 13 times and to uh, India um, once, uh, but I, I probably will not be going back. Uh, I think I did my last one a few years ago and um, because, you know, it'd get in the way of my pickleball game. But uh, we, <laughs> we got to take care of that pickle. <laughs> that's right. But we, we, have, uh, we do have younger members uh, on the Foundate, BASA Foundation. And so we've had somebody from our foundation go over uh, every year, um, except the two worst years of COVID. Um, but so last year and this year, we've had people return and... Uh, so as long as we've got somebody from the foundation going over, um, you know, I don't have to. And you also have a foundation with your with your wife, Alyssa, uh, Alicia, uh, the internship program for the ACLU for India. What, what's Indiana? What's that about? Well, we endowed um, a uh, we we gave enough money. Uh, to the American Civil Liberty Union uh, chapter in Indiana so that they can uh, pay their interns um, every year. And because they have, they've had, you know, five, seven or more uh, summer interns every year, and they've been doing this for a long time, but the, those kids 
were unpaid. And so you've got law students, college students working at what I think is really important work um, because they're, uh, all of their legal and their advocacy work are about important civil rights issues um, and uh, issues of freedom um, and personal choice. Uh, most of which I agree with. Sometimes I don't agree with positions the ACLU has taken. Um, but I just, I, I don't think it's right for uh, interns to work for free. That's just, to me, that's slave labor. And an organization like the ACLU, I don't think should be doing that. And, but, you know, the response was, well, we have to, we don't have the money to pay them. So we gave the money to pay them. And you, you were also in law for many years, correct? 30 years. Wow. So what got you into law? I didn't know what else to do. You know, I graduated from college. <laughs> I thought no, I'd just go to law school. I had nothing better to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, in a way, that was almost sort of like what it was because I graduated in December Um of course, law school starts in the in the fall. And uh, so I had a, a while to work. And in the meantime, I had taken the LSAT test, but I had not applied to any law schools. And so September rolls around and I'm working for an insurance company and which was OK. I mean, I was getting paid decently, but it was really kind of a drag. It was definitely not what I wanted to do with my life. And this was in downtown Chicago. Well, a block away was this small private law school called Chicago Kent Law School. So I just walked down there um, right when their classes were starting and said, I'd like to apply. And uh, it just happened that the assistant dean of admissions was a University of Chicago graduate, which was my alma mater. And so she said, well, you know, come in, I'll interview you and, and you can apply for next year. And I said, well, no, I, I want to go now. And she said, well, wait a minute, you know, classes just started. Uh, and she says, well, let me look at your record. And so then, and, you know, not to be too braggadocious, but I was a Phi Beta Kappa graduate, had really high grades, a very good LSAT score. And she said, oh, okay, you're in. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's how I started law school. And uh, so I went there a year and then I transferred down to Indiana University to, you know, come back home. And once I decided, yeah, I definitely want to be a lawyer and practice law, I, want, I absolutely could not do it in Chicago. The system was way too corrupt, um, shockingly corrupt, <laughs> as I learned more about it. So I uh, moved to Indianapolis, graduated from law school here and have stayed. So you went from lawyer to professor to pickleball director. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that last one doesn't pay very well. I didn't think so, right? It, it, it only pays by me beating my opponents. That's the payoff. <laughs> There's that word that whack comes in, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what message would you have for any of the youths out there about law? If they would like to get into it, Jeff. Um, law is it's very difficult. I mean, it's hard work. Law school is is a real grind. 
Uh, I did not enjoy law school. There, there were a few courses I enjoyed, but most of them were just a grind that you had to live through, sort of like, you know, soldiers going through boot camp. Um, but there's a, a lot of really great things that you can do as a lawyer. I mean, you can get into uh, public advocacy, do social justice work, but you can also make a very good living if you're a good lawyer. I mean, you got to be good at it uh, or you probably won't make a very good living. Um, and then uh, if you make a good living, that opens up uh, all these other possibilities of like, you know, all these other things that I've done. Um, and uh, so, um, you know, you can do good work as a lawyer. And even if, you know, if you're in private practice and you're making a lot of money, still you're representing clients who need help. I mean, they may be big companies or rich people, but so those companies and those rich people still have problems that they need help with. So a lawyer in a lot of ways is a problem solver. And sometimes it's, it's just a matter of figuring out the right contract or document that's needed. Sometimes it's negotiation and sometimes it's sue the bastards. So, um, <laughs> You so know, are you a defense lawyer or were you a prosecutor? Um, well, I, I, the most of the work I did was civil litigation <clears throat> representing either individuals or businesses, <clears throat> excuse me, that either wanted to sue somebody or were getting sued. So I was on, you know, both uh, defense and plaintiff. Um, I did some criminal work. And I was always on the defense side. And I, uh, for a period of time, I was a, a juvenile court public defender, but that, that was a part-time job. And I was also, for a long time, <clears throat> a uh, federal court uh, public defender. Uh, and those... Are you there, Jeff? I think we got a frozen screen. So as Jeff was sharing, he, he was sharing about laws. So if you'd like to know more about Jeff, you can check him out on Miss Liz's Facebook page. Uh, all of his bio is there. It's an incredible bio. Uh, he's done amazing work. And I'm just honored that he's back again and sharing more on his life and the journeys that he's taken. I hope that he can make it back. I think he's frozen, so I'm not sure if he can hear me or not. If he can, uh, we'll get him back. Um, oh, he might have noticed that he got frozen, so he might just sign right back in. So let's just give him a few seconds for that. If you guys would like to know anything more about Miss Liz's Tea Times, you can check out Miss Liz's website at www.missliz'steatimes.com. You can check out the merchandise, check out some of the books. Uh, I, I just released a book uh, book collection. You can grab your copies there on the website or go to Amazon or any bookstore out there around the globe. Um, and if you'd like to know more about Jeff, check out his website. His website is www.jeffreyrasley.com. Uh, again, he's a philanthropist, an author, a founder, director of nonprofits. Uh, just an amazing, incredible man. So uh, I'm hoping that he can make it back. I'm not sure uh maybe internet connections there is a lot of storms going on in canada and the u.s so 
um, it could be that. And if you'd like to know more about uh, the different topics and that that are going to be on Tea Time, you can check out Miss Liz's website. Uh, all the topics are there. All the podcasts are there. Uh, if there's a topic that you'd like to have on Tea Time and it hasn't been on Tea Time yet, reach out to me and uh, I'll go through it and scan it and see if it's uh, something my audience would like or my listeners would like. And who knows? And if you'd like to be a guest on Tea Time, you can always go to my website again and book book a tea time or go and email me directly at bookingmissliz at gmail.com. I'm hoping that he can make it back. We still have a few minutes left. If you have any questions or anything, you can send them directly to me on my Facebook page or you can email me again with your questions. And if you're watching a tea time and you have a question and you don't want to have your name seen, you can always send a message directly to my DMs and I can ask those questions for you with any of the guests that are there. Uh, tonight, we're going to be joined with Scott Overton, and he is going to be talking about science fiction. He's a Northern Ontario man. So up my rally, because I'm a Northern Ontario girl, I'm living in Cornwall now, but I'm originally from Hearst, Ontario. So it's nice to see that I'll have an, another Northern uh, Ontario person with me tonight. We'll be talking about science fiction, his books, broadcasting, and then I, again, uh charity work and volunteer and community services. Um, all of my guests that were on today have community uh, services and that, and they're really active in making a difference for humanity. So you'll see the, the alignment between all three guests. Um, just want to give you a little bit more on Jeff, because this is Jeff's Tea Time. So if you'd like to contact Jeff, you can go to www. J-E-F-F-R-E-R-A-S-L-E-Y.com. Uh, that is his website. Uh, if you would like to get any of his books, all of his books are listed there. The books that he has are, a couple of them, is the 72 Wisdom, what we talked about today. Uh, last season, we talked about the Pickleball, Soap Opera, Love, Marriage, and Pickleball. Uh, love, Murder, and Pickleball, Marriage. Um, and you, you have to get there before you can be found. Islands Adventures, Hero Journey with John Ritter, The Chip Hilton of Garden, Indiana, and Memoir, uh, Godless and Godless, False Prophet. He's got a list and list and list of incredible books, so you can go on and check those out. Get grab a book of, from Jeff. Uh, again, Seventy Two Wisdom is really incredible. It's uh, um. It really is different, and I love different. If anybody knows me, I I love different. So uh, there we go. See, when you wait around, you he comes back. There we go. Okay. Welcome, <laughs> welcome back, Jeff. I was just rambling and letting my giving out some information about your books and all of that as well. So uh, so people can grab those and check out your website. So. We were we left off. Uh, I'm not sure where we left off. Where did we leave off? <laughs> I think I think we left off whinging about technology. There we go. And and of course it boots us out, right? When we talk about it, it's like uh-uh, you ain't having it. Get out. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought maybe that we, we hit the, the timer that said it was time to quit, so it just cut us off. <laughs> no. I, I I seen you go frozen and then I was like, oh, maybe just a frozen screen for a second. And then I was just like, I'm done. No. So we were talking about technology. Technology is just getting us back, right? Today, both of us. So 
So Jeff, we got a few minutes left before we wrap up uh, your second tea time. I want to get into the word that you gave me when I asked you to give me one word. You gave me the word curious. Why that word? Um, I think I have lived a, a life of curiosity. I've always wanted to see. So what's uh, what's on the other side of that mountain? Um, because uh, if you're not curious enough to get to the top and look over the summit, you know, you'll never know what's there. But I, I also, uh, I associate curiosity with adventuresomeness. Um, I've always tried to live life as an adventure, um, you know, not just take what's given to you sort of right there in front of you uh, and to sort of stay in one easy trench to just you know get slotted in someplace and that's your life um which is why i've tried lots of different things and uh so yeah curiosity uh, i like that you gave me that word curious because i could see you doing that you know going around and checking what's what's behind that mountain <laughs> let me get to this mountain what you got for me oh oh uh, no i don't want that <laughs> Yeah, there's sometimes I, oh man, I wish I would not have climbed that mountain, should have chosen a different one. So, Jeff, any final words that you have for the guests out there? Well, um, I, I would just reemphasize with what we started with our tea um, in, in terms of education. Uh, you know, never stop learning. Uh, our our Scientech Club, which is what is the uh, Scientech Foundation, is the philanthropic arm of this club. Uh, it's uh, for um, retired professionals, uh, and its motto is "Never Stop Learning," because we have an educational program every single Monday of every week, all year round. And so we, we want to keep our minds active. We want to stay engaged. And um, yeah, so that's what I hope no matter what age you are, uh, just don't stop learning. Be curious. I like that. Don't stop learning. So, Jeff, before we leave, do you have any big plans for next year? Well, no, I, 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 I haven't gotten through with this year yet but i have started another writing project uh which i'm really enjoying i it, this i had the longest layoff after i finished 72 wisdoms before i started this one is usually i get started on another one fairly quickly but i just i didn't feel inspired i like nothing was coming to me and so uh, a few weeks ago i sat down with alicia and we talked through it, you know, why aren't you feeling inspired? What, what would inspire you? And I started reminiscing about when I was 18 years old, I had one semester of college finished, and then I quit school, worked in a factory for a while, saved up a little bit of money, put a pack on my back and hitchhiked across the country. And it was an incredible adventure from a uh, kid from a small town in Indiana, met some amazing people, had some amazing experiences, a few not so good, but mostly really interesting. And um, I decided I was going to write a fictional memoir 
about that experience because it was long enough ago there's a whole lot i can't remember but so i'm taking kind of the main uh points that i can remember the characters and places but then fictionalizing it so i can turn it into a, a complete thing on it's a a fictional memoir of hitchhiking across the country now i'm curious you gave me the word curious but i'm curious how many places have you seen in the world uh i quit counting the number of countries i've been to after 40 so 40 plus countries uh been to 49 of the 50 u.s states been to most all the canadian provinces um but yeah, I'm, I'm uh, pretty well traveled, but I'm also really sick and tired of flying. I really oh, have developed an animus to flying. So my, my traveling this year, my wife and I do little weekend driving trips. We pick out a, a small town uh, or some you know, interesting little place that's not, it's kind of off the beaten track and we go and we spend a day or two days just exploring this little town or this park. Um, and so that's the, I'm back to doing road trips. I like that. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah. yeah. You just never know what you're going to find, right? Right. Yeah, and you don't have to you don't have to be crowded in this metal tube for hours and hours and treated like cattle i just uh, don't like that anymore yeah i love road trips because you find incredible things you find some gems some hidden gems sometimes when you just go for a drive you're like oh when did that happen when did that come here you know yeah and and in your own car you can stop whenever you right. want you know and yeah check it out see something oh that looks interesting let's pull over so we're almost at the end there jeff so do you do you want to give us the last shout out for pickleball for anybody <laughs> who'd like to play with the pickle <laughs> uh, no I, I really think you should keep your pickle to yourself <laughs> uh, no, I, I think we I think we should end on curiosity <laughs> rather than pickling, <laughs> or else we'll end up pickled. Well, you can also go and get your pickle pickleball book that you have, the soap opera book, because I think that's what you were on season three for was the pickle uh, pickleball. Oh, that's oh. right. That's why you got pickles stuck in your brain. <laughs> I'll, I will always be I'll always be associated with a pickle in Miss Liz's brain. It, it's the soul proper of Miss Liz, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was really an honor to have you back, Jeff, and it was nice to catch up with you. Uh, again, thank you so much, Jeff, for giving me this time. And the technology, you didn't win. We came back, we stayed on, and we did it. So thanks for that. Uh, I will be back at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with Scott Overton. He is from Northern Ontario, so he is a homeboy for me because I'm an Nor Ontario Northern girl. Uh, I live in the South now, but I am from the North, so it, we're going to talk a little bit about science fiction. So, again, we're going to be talking about science, Jeff. So, hey. 
so it's going to be cool it's going to be amazing so for anybody that would like to check that out check out the youtube channel give it a quick subscribe uh and you'll be notified every time miss this goes live and it's every thursday 10 a.m 7 uh, 3 p.m and 7 p.m eastern center time there is three new guests three new teas and we all make a difference when we serve our true selves so again thank you and i'll see everybody at 7 p.m thank you miss liz great to be with you it, it's an honor. <laughs>